chapter 9, verse 57 to the end. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So let's pray for a moment before we unpack God's word. Father, thank you for your word to us this morning. Father, thank you again. You're God of revelation. You love to speak to us. You love to make things plain. Uh, You love to teach us. And that's our prayer this morning, that by your spirit, uh, you would awaken our hearts and minds to receive your living word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, as I say, uh, just finishing off uh, Luke chapter 9 this morning, and it really sort of goes together with what we were looking at um, last week, because these are all lessons about how do we follow Jesus? What's it look like to be a follower of Jesus? And last Sunday, if you weren't with us, just a little uh, recap, there were three things that we learned last week about uh, some things you need to take on board if you want to be a follower of Jesus. So there were three things last week, which were simply that um, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, um, don't look to be at the top, look to be at the bottom, look to be a servant. So if you want to follow Jesus, the, your ambition should be, well, how can I, how can I serve? How can I best serve? There's this argument going on amongst the disciples about who wants to be the greatest and Jesus takes a child and says, no, you need to be like a child. So if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, well, think about how you can serve. Second lesson we learned last week was if you are following Jesus, then join together with everyone else who is following Jesus, regardless of what um, what denomination or what brand they may have above the door. If someone is seeking to follow Jesus, then follow, um, you know, join with them. Uh, unity is not just something that's nice amongst Christians. It's essential amongst Christians if we want to see God's kingdom come. And thirdly, uh, last week we learned that we should be as loving and compassionate as God is. Uh, we need to be as forbearing and as patient and as Uh, loving as God is, because that is the nature of God. He he bears with us. He's endlessly patient. He gives us endless second chances. And we need to reflect that in the things that we do. So that was last week. And now this morning, three more things to take on board if you want to be a follower of Jesus. So number one, uh, this guy comes along and says to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. He is incredibly enthusiastic. And it's very easy to be very enthusiastic about following Jesus, particularly um, if or when we come into a relationship with, with Jesus, we can, uh, you know, we can say, well, Lord, uh, and I did this when I was 17 years old. I said, Lord, if you've done this for me, if you've gone to the cross and died for me on the cross, then I will, you know, I will go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Um, 
you know, that's, that's what I want to do. And it's easy to be very enthusiastic. It's harder to follow through. Uh, when, I was a, when I was a kid, we used to play a lot of board games. Uh, because back then, we only had a black and white telly. And it only had three channels, none of which started before lunchtime. So you had to provide a lot of homegrown entertainment. So we played a lot of board games. And one of the board games that we played was Monopoly. And if you play Monopoly, you'll know it's quite a long you know, it's quite a long ball game. You know, it's not a kind of quick one. And if you were a young, um, restless child like me, I would get very bored very quickly with a long board game like uh, like Monopoly. And it got to the stage in my family where when we sat down to play, I would be made to promise that I would see the game through because so many times I'd like bail halfway through. And so my family would say, someone, will you promise that you're going to finish this game? And of course I would say yes. And of course they believed me because in those days I literally, I looked angelic. Literally, you may be hard to believe now, but you see a picture of me as a child. I looked like an angel. Um, Sadly, it wasn't quite an angel on the inside, but I looked like, so I'd say yes, yes of course. And they would believe me. And then literally 20 minutes in, I'd be like, oh, can I, can I leave? I'm bored now. And then again, and so I'd be enough to share out all the properties and stuff. But it's so easy, isn't it, to, to be really enthusiastic at the beginning of something, but it's far harder to follow through. And Jesus is very clear with this guy who's enthusiastic about following him. He says, well, well, hang on, okay, that's what you want to do, but foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. In other words, he's saying, I don't even have as much as a bird If you want to follow me, are you prepared for that? Do you really understand what you're doing if you choose to follow me? I think so often in the, uh, I think so often over here, so often in the church, we've tried to, we've tried to sell a more comfortable gospel in the hope that it would become more attractive. And sometimes the church has said, well, if you follow, you know, follow Jesus, because it will be, you know, you'll be great, you'll, you know, you'll prosper, you'll have everything that you need, you know, life will go easy, it's, you know, follow Jesus, it's really wonderful, and it is a wonderful thing to do, but Jesus never does that. Jesus is always very honest with people who want to follow him. He says, this is going to cost you everything. Don't follow me because you think it will give you a comfortable life. Follow me because I'm the Messiah. Follow me because I'm a saviour. Chances are you won't have a comfortable life. Remember, we were looking a few weeks ago where Jesus is trying to explain to the disciples that his path is one of suffering, rejection and death before he gets the glory. So the glory is there, but the path that we follow, the path that Jesus followed is suffering, rejection and death. It means not being comfortable. It means not having anywhere to, leave, to lay your head. So if you want to follow Jesus, just count the cost. Um, I was um, praying just a, a few weeks ago in the um, Release International Prayer Diary for Christians who are persecuted. And I was, uh, this was one of the prayer requests. Um, uh, it's uh, for a situation in India. Tribal animist in central India demolished the home of Pastor Lalu Karade, assaulted him and evicted him and his family from their village. Two months later, they were still living outdoors a few miles away. Son of man has nowhere to lay his head. 
If we choose to follow Jesus, count the cost. The next day I was praying for Pastor Isaac Pelose, left with serious injuries after 10 assailants beat him with chains and rods, then ran over him with motorbikes. They threatened to kill him if he continues with his ministry. We don't follow Jesus because it's a path to a comfortable life. We follow Jesus because he's the son of God. Jesus said, um, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except by me. That's why we follow him. In John's gospel, in John chapter six, where the disciples are realising that actually, actually this following Jesus is quite costly. Uh, This following Jesus is making us quite unpopular. It's not going down very well. And uh, in John chapter 6, verse 66, we read that many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Because they kind of started with great enthusiasm and now they're counting the cost and they think, hang on, I don't want to do this anymore. And Jesus says to the 12, to the the apostles, he says, "Uh, you don't want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. That's why they follow him. Where else shall we go? And the thing is, there is nowhere else to go if you want eternal life. There is nowhere else to go. So no matter how much it costs you, It's still the only place to go for eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. We believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. So following Jesus is the most wonderful thing you can ever do. It is the best decision you can ever make. But don't pretend it won't cost you. It will. That's the first thing. Second thing, he said to another man, follow me. The man replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Now, the context of this is there are two possibilities. The first possibility is that the man's father is actually dead and he does actually need to go and bury him quite soon. In which case, there's a kind of slight delay of probably like a week because Um, To bury your father, to bury a parent, is one of the most important uh, responsibilities that a child has. It's one of the most significant rights that you have responsibility for as a child. And to not do it is an incredible dishonour in the culture of the time. So it may be that the guy's father has died and is saying, well, look, I, I, I need to go and do these things. I need to carry out these ceremonies, which will take me about a week and then I'll come and follow you. That might be the context. More likely is the fact that the guy's father is not actually dead and might actually be feeling very, very well. And he's not saying, uh, I'm going to bury him alive. He's actually saying, when my father dies, then I'll come and follow you. In which case, it could be like 20 years. Because his dad might be hale and hearty and showing no signs of illness and could go on for another 20 years. So he's kind of saying, well, I will follow you, but not yet. You know, I'll I'll do it. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it one day. And the point is, if God calls you, don't delay. Don't put it off. There are there are some things that are more important even than the most important obligations that we may face. Jesus said, you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Actually, that's the most important 
thing, that's the most important responsibility that we have as followers of Jesus, is to tell other people about Jesus. To proclaim the kingdom of God, not to delay. How often has God asked us to do something and we've, we've delayed, we've put it off? Uh, perhaps even, uh, you know, some people think, well, well I, I believe that, you know, I believe that Jesus is true. I believe that maybe I should, I should, I should follow him, but I don't want to do it just yet. I'll delay it. I'll do it another day. I'll get around to it one day. Well, don't delay. There's, there's a real, there's an urgency about these things. There's an urgency about following Jesus. It's not something to be put off to another day. In fact, I want just to, to pause for a moment. Pause for a moment and just pray. Just pray a prayer of commitment. Because maybe you're, you're watching this and you've kind of been thinking about following Jesus for a while and you've kind of thought, well, I'll, I'll do it one day. I don't want to do it just, I don't want to do it just now. I'll do it one day. Well, don't do it one day. Do it now. The Bible says now is the day of salvation. If God calls us, let's not put it off. Let's just pause for a moment. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer of commitment. It may be a prayer you want to echo in your heart. Because you know God's calling you and you know you've been putting it off. You might just want to echo these words in your heart this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I've messed up. I know I've sinned and fallen short of your standards. And I ask for your forgiveness right now. Would you cleanse me? Wash away my sins. I receive your forgiveness. How would you fill me with your Holy Spirit that I might follow you all the days of my life? I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, then tell someone, tell me, tell a Christian friend, drop me an email, drop me a message on Facebook. If God calls us, don't delay. And if we're followers of Jesus, sometimes God prompts us to do things and how often do we miss the moment because we delay, we put it off? I was talking to a friend of, of, a couple of years ago. Uh, he's an evangelist and he has an incredibly uh, busy schedule. And uh, one day he, somebody phoned him, he received a phone call and the, this person said, uh, my, my niece is in, um, just going through a really difficult time. Uh, she's living in a house of mine. Uh, I wonder if you could go and visit her. And he, he said, yeah, I'll go, I'll go and do it. But he, 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 he delayed uh, and he kept putting it off. And uh, because it was, it was kind of inconvenient because, I say, his schedule was incredibly busy and it would have meant giving up the you know, best part of a day because it meant travelling into London and going to find a house. And, and, he, and he couldn't find time to do it. And he kept delaying. And then in the end, um, uh, the girl died. Uh, her name was um, Amy Winehouse. And he had the opportunity to go and share with her the good news of Jesus. But he didn't, he, he delayed. And he said at the time when he was telling the story, he said, I, I've learned the lesson that if God gives me an opportunity, I mustn't delay. I must do it. And how often do we prevaricate and we put it off because it's inconvenient? If we want to follow Jesus, we need to learn to 
hear his voice and not delay, not to put off to tomorrow what we could do today. Let us this week resolve that if the spirit prompts us, nudges us to do something, uh, let's do it. Third thing, uh, still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hands to the plough and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. It's an obvious thing, isn't it? If you're trying to, uh, you know, plough a straight line, if you look back, you're going to go off course. I remember years ago, um, when I was still at Theological College, my sister was uh, an English teacher and she lived in Carsholton in Surrey, just above the M25. And in those days, she was a, she was a very nervous driver. Uh, so she was happy sort of, you know, driving locally, but she didn't like driving on motorways. So at the end of term... Uh, I would drive up from Brighton to Carshalton and then she would kind of follow me home. Uh, so she, you know, she kind of knew where to go. And, uh, uh, but sometimes she would be in front of me and I would be behind her. And I remember very clearly one occasion where she was in front of me and I think we would, I think we must have been joining the M25. She was on the slip road uh, coming down and she kind of did this thing where she was, she was holding the steering wheel, driving in a perfectly straight line. But every time she looked over her shoulder, to check her blind spot, she turned the wheel. So, and I was, so I sat behind, so she's like driving, and if she looks to see whether or not it's clear, she's just joining the lane anyway, because she turned the wheel, because that's what you, that's kind of what you do, when you turn to look over, you sort of turn the wheel, and I was driving behind her, praying that there was nothing coming, and the play, and the road was actually clear. But that's the thing. You decide to do something, you decide to go in a straight line, you look back over your shoulder, And you veer off course. And Jesus says, well, look, if you're going to follow me, you've got to follow me. That's got to be your focus and the most important focus of your life. It's very challenging, isn't it? The guy simply wants to go back and say goodbye to his family. You would think, well, that's, you know, isn't that a reasonable thing to do, to go back and say goodbye to your family? And Jesus is just saying, well, if you want to follow me, that has got to be your your focus, your utter focus. Don't look back, because if you do, you'll go off course. I love these words from uh, the Apostle Paul uh, to the to the Philippians. Uh, he's trying to, you know, he writes about his own life, and he says, um, he says, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. And he's writing in the context of the fact that he's, he's not yet perfect. He's not yet got uh, to, you know, hasn't got to the destination that he's, he's aiming for. He knows there's more to come. There's more to do. He needs to change. But he's made his focus. He's made his priority. He says, I'm going to forget what is behind and I'm going to strain towards what is ahead. I'm going to press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards. It's so easy um, to look back. It's so easy to look back and to, um, you know, to, to focus on things that are in the past. And sometimes we look back and we, uh, I think we're hampered sometimes by regrets Things that we know we've messed up in the past and we keep looking back to them. We keep thinking, oh, I wish I hadn't, I wish I hadn't done that. 
I, I wish I hadn't made that mess. I wish I hadn't said that thing. I, I wish I hadn't done that thing. And, and we're constantly looking back over our shoulder. And I think that's one of the things that the devil loves for us to do. He loves to remind us of things that are in the past. Because he wants our focus not to be on pressing forward towards the goal. He wants our focus to be on looking back and continuing to regret on things that we've done in the past. Again, I love Paul's words in Romans where Paul, again, in the context of the fact that he's not perfect and he does mess up and he does make mistakes, but he knows that this is true. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Don't need to be looking back over our shoulders, regretting, feeling guilty for things that we've done in the past. Paul says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We have the freedom to look forward, the freedom to focus on the future, to freedom to follow Jesus and to make him known, free from guilt, free from regret because of his righteousness that he shares with us. So let's learn these lessons as we seek uh, to follow the Lord Jesus. First of all, to count the cost. It is uh, increasingly difficult to follow Jesus in our culture and in our society. And it is going to become, to become more costly to follow Jesus. It is going to become more costly in our culture to proclaim Jesus as the only way to heaven. In our culture, that statement is offensive and it is already getting people into trouble. It is already getting preachers into trouble. To proclaim Jesus as the only way to God doesn't sit well in our culture. It is costly. People are losing their jobs already simply because they say that. To defend a traditional view of marriage is costing people their Jobs. All our society is changing so rapidly. If we follow Jesus, it is becoming more costly. Count the cost. Count the cost. If God calls you, don't delay. Don't put things off to another day. Follow those promptings that the Spirit gives. And don't look back. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We've all got things in the past that we wish we'd done differently. But in Jesus, there's no condemnation. Let's press on for the goal that we know is waiting for us in Jesus Christ. So let's um, take a few moments, just always as we've reflected and uh, reflected on the word of God. Let's take some moments just to pause and to... To think, what will we, what does the Lord want us to take away uh, from this message? Perhaps there's one thing in particular. A particular challenge. A particular encouragement. Lord, what do you want us to hear this morning? How do you want us to be um, strengthened and encouraged in our walk with you?
Lord, what do you want us to do? What action do you want us to take in response to this message this morning?